Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I simply can't do another show opening rant on why Roto is better than head-to-head. You guys don't want to hear it, and you're going to start tuning me out on it. But I do think everyone should just try a free Roto League next year and see how it goes, and I will just leave it at that. You guys know why I'm bringing this up. Inopportune rest days. Here's the thing. Okay, so I do have one little rant, and this is going to end up in a lesson learned at the end of the year. Although, I, I don't know that we can... I don't know that we can necessarily use it as a lesson learned because it's too much planning. But I know a lot of folks that are extremely cognizant of two things in their head-to-head drafts. This is actually really important, so don't don't tune me out here because it's a Dan Vesper show opening rant. Two things that are pretty important in head-to-head drafts that I probably haven't paid enough attention to in the past. Number one, playoff schedule. Because historically, it hasn't been that big of a deal. Sometimes there's like one or two teams that has a two-game week mixed in. This year, uh, there's like six or seven teams that have two-game weeks blended into their playoffs. That's a lot. I don't know why it ended up that way this year in particular, but it did. So maybe pay a little closer attention to playoff schedule. I know the the counter-argument to that, which is one that I've made for many years, is you got to get there first. And if somebody has a bad playoff schedule, it likely means that they played a ton of games before that point. So they were kind of out in front of the league. So if you have like, you know, a mid-rounder who is two or three games ahead of some other one over the first six or seven weeks of the season, that's useful. You can try to make moves mid-year, maybe before everybody else is, is kind of keyed in on playoff schedule. The other thing that folks uh, are cognizant of that I think I do pay attention to, and I bring it up during draft time plenty, I don't bring up playoff schedule all that much. Like I'll, I'll admit that, that we don't go over that perhaps as often as we should. Uh, but one thing that we do talk about is the risk of a tank. And you know, going into this season, you knew the Spurs were going to be tanking. You knew the Rockets... We're going to be tanking. You knew the Pistons had a really large opportunity to tank. Although, you know, if Cade was healthy, maybe it's a little bit of a different monster. But all these teams that were pretty low down and didn't get the first overall pick. That was the reason I didn't think Orlando was going to tank is that they just got the number one pick. So I think teams feel weirdly greedy if they get a number one. And then they're like, oh, by the way, we're going to just keep keep on losing. We're going to get number ones forever, which is... Uh, what Philly did, and you know, people called it the process, and it became extremely polarizing, and everybody hated it, and some people loved it, and so on and so forth. You just don't want to be the the team right in the middle of those crosshairs. But one thing that I don't think anybody is talking about right now, or maybe a couple people are, I admit I don't pay attention to everybody else's writing and pods and what have you, so it's possible that I missed it, is nowadays, not only do you have to pay attention to... Uh, what teams are tanking, you have to pay attention to whether or not the teams you have players on are playing against tanking teams. And in my opinion, it's just too much. But like right now, yesterday and today alone, as you look at the schedule, and there are guys that are rest worries... 
This is when they surfaced. The Cavaliers is a perfectly good example of this. They were in Charlotte for two games in a row. Donovan Mitchell took the second one off because they're playing against a bad team on a back-to-back. And there's Philly tonight. That's the game that the Cavs wanted to focus on. The Lakers. Big game against New Orleans last night. They won it, much to the delight of myself and other Lakers fans. But now they're in Houston against a tanking team. So Anthony Davis gets the day off, even for a team that is in the brutal thick of a playoff run. And I frankly don't know how you keep track of this. Because if you, at the beginning of the year, next season, I don't know who it's going to be. We'll we'll see who gets Victor Wembanyama. That's going to be a team that's probably no longer tanking. There might be a club that pivots into a tank. Whatever it is, at the beginning of next year, we come up with three or four teams that we say, these teams are almost definitely going to be tanking in mid-March. And then you got to go back to your schedule and say, okay, well, which of these contending teams has a back-to-back with a tank team in the back-to-back? How in the ever-loving crap are we ever going to figure out who to draft again? So I would say, try Roto, modified head-to-head league, definitely add IL+. Plus. That's something that I've uh, needed to do myself. By the way, uh, Trey Lyles did just get suspended. I thought for sure with Brooke Lopez not getting suspended that Lyles would be kind of the same thing. Trey Lyles suspended a game, which is just so... uh, hilarious that he's a guy that's been I've been kind of counting on in my 30 deep league and now he's going to miss a ball game when they finally had a good scheduling week I mean this is just it's too much for my it's too much for my adult old brain um but anyway that's my rant there's just too many things to try to take uh to try to take into account right now you can do the best you can of avoiding tank team guys but you know ultimately you're gonna end up picking up some of those dudes at some point during the year Uh, Just try not to have them as your top dudes is probably the way to do it. And if possible, try to avoid a first or second round pick in head-to-head that has a two-game playoff week. Which, again, I know, hard. Denver has a two-game week next week. What are you going to do? Not draft Nikola Jokic first overall? It's too much, man. We need to find a new way. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Fantasy NBA Today, the simulcast edition, live on YouTube and available on all recorded streams. I'm your host, Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, if you want to follow me on social media. Some of you have, some of you haven't, most of you have, I guess. Uh, it's a pleasure to to find you over there. I'm still trying to do as much as I can on Twitter here down the stretch. There's just not as much right now uh, rest-of-season stuff. We're very much into the part of the year where on the Roto side, and I said this yesterday, but I'll say it again. On the Roto side, you're looking for the lava hot, super high upside, one or two game mega streams. And on the head-to-head side, you're looking for the guys that are playing a crap ton of games in the fewest number of days possible. There just aren't really formats right now where you need the guy playing the rest of the year. Ah, well. Okay, let's dive on in. We got a pretty decent-sized Tuesday card to recap, so I don't want to waste any more time. Cleveland, in their uh, infinite wisdom, rested Donovan Mitchell, and it worked out just fine. Karis LeVert slid into the starting lineup. He had another one of his more efficient ball games, and if he does that, then you can sort of uh, overlook the bad stuff. It's just you kind of don't know when you're going to get the bad Karis. 
this was a good opportunity, though, for him because it was against a really bad defensive team. So maybe we keep an eye on that. I don't know how many horrible defensive teams Cleveland's playing the rest of the way where Mitchell or Garland might sit in the ball game, but just keep an eye out. They got Houston in like a week and a half. They got Indiana a week after that. These are teams that aren't playing a whole lot of defense right now. Uh, but otherwise, it's it's frankly too late. And uh, Chetty Osman, who cares? For Charlotte, Dennis Smith Jr. slid back up to 32 minutes. This is despite the remaining healthy regulars actually being in the lineup. Mark Williams is kind of the only guy that, that isn't in there right now. And that, to me, doesn't have a huge impact on uh, whether or not Dennis Smith Jr. is getting more minutes. It does have a little one because P.J. Washington is getting some center minutes. And so if Mark Williams and Nick Richards are there, that forces P.J. into a couple extra power forward minutes and Gordon Hayward into a couple extra small forward and Oubre down to shooting guard and so on and so forth. Uh, so that does potentially put a little bit of a squeeze on on DSJ. But to me, he still profiles as a silly season kind of victor in all of this where if we can get through, you're not going to add him in head-to-head right now because Charlotte is is right into a one-game-in-five-day stretch right now. But after that, they go four times the week after. And, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. could have a really huge week that week. On the Roto side, you know, if, if Charlotte sits anyone at all right now, Dennis Smith has a massive like, top 50 kind of upside. At the moment, he probably hovers more in the 100 range uh, with everybody playing, everybody that's left at least, but just sort of file that in the Rolodex and take it day by day. When is Charlotte playing? Then you then you deal with it when you get there. As far as you know, head-to-head stuff goes, uh, we'll talk about that during the streaming part of the show, but one game in five days, almost everybody is expendable on that club right now. Detroit got spanked, but I got to tell you, uh, my, my Corey Joseph ad, which in the moment I, was, I did it, and then I was like, damn it, I should have gone Isaiah Livers. Phew! Went the right way on that coin flip. Corey Joseph, two big ones to start the week. Uh, Livers is hurt. Jaden Ivey's still in protocols. Detroit plays in a couple of... uh, uh, Tomorrow. They play Denver tomorrow, and then they got a couple days off, and then you can kind of rethink things a little bit because they go into a two-game week next time around. Uh, But, you know, keep rolling. Killian Hayes is rolling. James Wiseman played 31 minutes in this ballgame. It's important to note that uh, Jalen Duran had three fouls in four minutes in the first half. So he got his usual 12, 13 minutes after halftime. And I think in most days, you're going to see this as pretty much a split minutes, almost right down the pipe. Both of them schedule play type guys. Neither one is one that I'd, that I'd fully trust in Roto right now. Uh, maybe that changes if they start to alternate who's playing what day or who starts if Duran moves out into the starting lineup. But right now, that's where it sits. Rodney Magruder played 38 minutes, and I think it's best to leave that alone and just see if anybody comes back for this team. For Washington, Beal and Porzingis, huge games, no surprise there. Uh, DeLon Wright had another really bad one. He still got you know low to mid-20s in minutes, which is kind of what you expect out of him. But he's resettling now in that second unit. Try to hold DeLon Wright in Roto if you can, even if you want to bench him for a game or something like that. Try to hold on. They'll need him more against some of the teams coming up. Cleveland's a good team with very good guards. Sacramento's a team coming up with a really good guard. I think you'll see DeLon Wright bounce back in those ones. Although I get it, with two days off before those games on the head-to-head side, you might be tempted to try to move on. I think I would try to hold in almost every format on DeLon Wright. 
you know, two games the rest of this week. If you make a move, the best you get is a one-game bump. And I don't know that the guy you're picking up is going to be good enough to warrant that, you know, compared to get to this game by DeLon, then I get it. But the overall package uh, right has the edge there. Deanna Gafford, big game, but only 22 minutes. I think he probably profiles as more of a schedule type of play. Uh, same story for Denny Avdia, Monte Morris, Corey Kispert. Those guys are all schedule plays. They don't make my roto cut. Denver lost again. Now, admittedly, Denver's been much better at home than they are on the road, so this one you can chalk up to that a little bit. But right now, they're just they are not rebounding. They're not playing any defense. The Nuggets are kind of floating. They're going through a slump at the wrong time. But if they can pull themselves out of it before the playoffs begin, then great. Everything kind of goes back to as it was. I don't expect to see any changes for Denver on the fantasy side. And similarly with Toronto, they're going to go real heavy on their starters. Toronto's starting unit right now is actually pretty damn good. It's that they have no depth at all. Every time the bench comes in, teams either make a run or take the lead. You saw it with the Lakers. You see it here with Denver. Uh, but the starters carried the day again. Um, and then Gary Trent, because of that, has moved into a schedule play as well, which, head-to-head, you need to hang on to him. Toronto still has three games left this week. Roto, I don't think that you necessarily need to. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Franz Wagner didn't miss any time for Orlando. He played 28 minutes in this ballgame, which took a little bit of the shine off of a Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, four games in six-day stream. Those guys are dudes you're still going to hang on to because three games the rest of this week is, is very much worthy of your attention but they're just not going to have that massive upside unless we see somebody rest for Orlando in the in the Los Angeles back-to-back over the weekend. That's a possibility. Gary Harris would be the most likely dude to get one of those days off, and that'll give Suggs and Anthony a, a pretty good-sized boost. So roll with that one. For San Antonio, they're just rotating which guys play in different ballgames. This was obviously the front end of a back-to-back, so keep that in mind. But... You know, Zach Collins, Charles Bassey uh, blew out his knee. He's done for the year. Collins is not expected to play in the back-to-back. We'll see if they have to adjust that, uh, given that they don't really have a true backup anymore. But, you know, whatever. I don't think they care that much about that. I think they'd rather keep Collins healthy and make sure that they can lose their next ball game because they won this one by accident. Jeremy Sohan played in this one, so he'll probably skip the next one. Devin Vassell played in this one, so he'll probably skip the, the next one. Uh, Keldon Johnson and Trey Jones skipped this one, so will they play in the next one tonight? 
Kata Bates' job, Devontae Graham feel like the guys that'll probably play in all of the ball games right now. And that's relatively useful news because those guys were pretty good streams coming out of yesterday. Spurs also have a four-game week next week. Same thing, Tuesday through Sunday. Uh, so just kind of roll with that. So on at a huge ball game here. Typically, he's more of a head-to-head type of play. Um, three games out of Collins, Vassell, Keldon Johnson, probably Trey Jones. And again, this is assuming they play three the remaining three games this week. They might not. Three games out of those four guys, to me, is more than enough for a start in uh, any format. Sohan's the one, to me, that's kind of on the bubble there. And then uh, Bates, Jop, Graham, those are the guys you're looking at. You're like, okay, well, if I can get four games out of this dude, that's a head-to-head play, but not so much a roto. Lakers came out of the gates and just blew the doors off of the Pelicans. They led this game by almost 40 points at one juncture. And then pretty much stopped trying for about a 12-minute span. Pelicans made this thing sort of a ball game again. And then the Lakers were like, nah, 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 nah. Let, let's, okay, let's dial this thing back a little bit. Uh, Malik Beasley, you knew there was going to be a heater game coming. You just sort of don't know what day it's going to be. It was this one. Maybe he keeps it going here against uh, a bad Rockets team. It's possible that he can kind of roll that from one day into the next. Anthony Davis is out for a game. You're going to see a heavy dose of Wenyan Gabriel if he doesn't foul out. Uh, you'll probably see some Vanderbilt at the five. You'll probably see some Rui Hachimura at the five for the Lakers. Um, Alperin Sengun, if he plays, he'd be a pretty good load for those dudes. Gabriel, I think, is the only one that would even stand a modicum of a chance. The other dudes would just get pushed around. The Rockets don't really use a backup five anymore. Uh, Jabari Smith Jr. was playing some of those minutes in their last ball game. That's when maybe you'd see more Rui. For the Lakers, I don't know that there's an obvious pickup here because, frankly, I don't know that I trust Wenyan Gabriel, even if he gets 24, 25 minutes, to put up consistent fantasy value. That would, yeah. I eh. think I'd rather just roll with the guards that are going to get more usage with AD out. So, obviously, D'Lo, he was in your lineup anyway. Beasley's probably a play. Uh, You know, Vanderbilt getting a bump with no Anthony Davis, he'll have to go get a bunch of rebounds in this one, so he probably does get a bump. Reeves gets a bump. Schroeder is a tough one. He need, I, to me, he, I think he needs a guard to be out uh, because he's just not the distributor. But maybe they need him to score. I just think that one's a bit more of a coin flip. And then for the Pels, you know, their schedule isn't good right now. They have two days off before they play Houston twice over the weekend. That, like, that part of the schedule is nice, but you're not doing anything with them today on the head-to-head side. For Roto, Ingram came back, and Trey Murphy continued to play well. That's a good sign for Trey. So keep him going until the wheels come off. Larry Nance saw a bonus run because Jonas Valanciunas was being full-on devoured by Anthony Davis in this game. Uh, And just the Lakers taking him out to the perimeter. He couldn't handle it. So they went to Nance. Nance was able to float a little bit better, chase a little bit better. That's not going to be the case every ball game. You know, games where they need defense more, he'll play more. Games where they need offense more, you'll see more JV. Herb Jones is a play. Josh Richardson appears to be a drop. So he's a, I mean, he's a schedule play, but New Orleans, like we said, their schedule is not good for like a solid two weeks, basically. OKC won again. Told y'all the Thunder weren't tanking. Oh, the Thunder are tanking. No, Shea was in protocol, man. Dude had COVID. Jalen Williams being back is interesting. They're doing what a lot of these other teams are doing, which is they're giving guys days off on back-to-backs, even in games that really matter. 
darndest thing. But at least for the Thunder, they have three games this week, and they're pretty spread out. They're in Toronto tomorrow. They got Phoenix back at home uh, on Sunday. I don't think you have to worry about their key guys missing those games. So go with the main three. Lou Dort is more of a schedule play. Uh, Jay Lynn Williams is more of a schedule play. And you're not extending it really at all beyond that. Uh, Brooklyn side, same general story. Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, these guys are schedule plays. You got the main, the core four, and that's as far as you go. I tell you, Josh Hart, Josh Hart's plus minus with the Knicks is insane. And I say that at the front end of what I'm about to add, which is you pretty much have to drop everybody. <laughs> Jalen Brunson, you keep in your IL. Julius Randle, you're probably holding on to. Mitchell Robinson, I know I, I actually in the pre-show, for those that are listening on the recorded side, in the pre-show, I told one of the question askers, my buddy Brandon, um, that he's holding on to Mitchell Robinson, but that was only because he has three players that have two games apiece. I really think that that uh, Randall and Brunson are the only Knicks that, in head-to-head, de- still need to be on your team. Um, they do go into a stretch of four games in six nights starting on Saturday, but that back-to-back isn't until Wednesday and Thursday of next week. So it's not like that, that part of the the bounce back is front loaded on their schedule either. Um, if you really want to hang on, you can try to see if you can get to that part of the schedule. Um, but not every game is going to be fun with Portland. Brunson's going to be back. So Emmanuel quickly is going to lose out on some stuff. I would think by early next week anyway. So do, I mean, size it up. Do you really feel like you need one game out of a Nick when you can get three games out of 15 teams? Is any of these guys doing enough in one game that you can't get in three? I think the answer is no, with the exception... Honestly, I think the answer is no for the entire team, but the reason you're hanging on to a couple of those guys is that if your league continues, you're going to want three games out of you know a top 50, top 60 kind of play next week. For Portland, Dame came back, but Jeremy Grant was out, and the wheels are, have fully come off for the Trailblazers at this point. Uh, Dame did everything he could, and it, it still wasn't nearly enough because dude needs help, and uh, he didn't get it in this one. Anthony Simons shot 7 for 20. Ouch. Matisse Thibel bounced back a little bit, and Trendon Watford played 40 minutes replacing Grant, uh, but Portland's on a terrible scheduling span. They have two games over the next full week. Boston on Friday, Clippers on Sunday. Those are the only two games they have until next Wednesday, so you can't do anything with them on the head-to-head side. If you get to Friday and you find out that Grant is still out, you could do a Watford, you know, one-night stand, but you're definitely not doing anything with Portland this early uh, in any format. Milwaukee beat Phoenix on the road back-to-back. Giannis played in both games of their uh, Bay Area-Arizona back-to-back, and I do wonder if it's because Milwaukee wants to make sure they can stave off Boston For home court in the East, there's really no other reason why Giannis should be playing in both of these games when everybody else is sitting. Unless he's just like, all these guys that are sitting back-to-backs are a bunch of wimps, and it's not that hard. I mean, that's kind of what he's saying by doing it. Middleton sat, but you can understand that one. His body's been crushed by this season. They don't want to take any chances there. But with Giannis, they're saying, look, we don't feel like we're taking a chance. So, he played, and I know on yesterday's pod, I was like, hey, if Giannis and Middleton are both sitting in this game, you're going to get a a Bobby Portis opportunity, you're going to get a Joe Ingles opportunity. You know, Ingles was actually still not terrible, uh, but Giannis playing obliterated all of that potential fun. 
And then Phoenix, Suns have a little problem right now. I mean, playing against good teams is part of it, but they've lost three games in a row. They're now only a game up on the Warriors and Clippers for that four spot. And they're kind of back in the pack a little bit. Uh, they host the Magic tomorrow, but then the Suns are at Oklahoma City. They're playing hard right now. They're in L.A. to play, play the Lakers, who are playing hard. They've got the Kings, the Sixers. That's four games in a row that are pretty tough for Phoenix. Without KD, they are missing those extra bodies. Make no mistake, they're missing Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges because Josh Okogie, who... Yeah, he went on, I know he went on a really nice run uh, right after the trade deadline when, when everybody was waiting on Kevin Durant to show up. But, you know, a lot of that luster's come off. He's still playing 35 minutes, so he still sort of qualifies as a head-to-head level play. But for Phoenix, they actually only have two games over the next seven days. So, look, I know if you're preserving moves for this week, you probably wait through their game tomorrow. And then they have one game over five days after that, which is even worse you probably move on from Phoenix at that point. Okogi or whoever you might be streaming as a fringy guy. He's really the only one. Uh, but, you know, the regulars were fine in this one. DeAndre Ayton had a, a worse ball game. Uh, foul trouble. That'll that'll do you in. Um, Phoenix, 26 fouls committed. Milwaukee, only 15. I know the Suns were complaining about that after the ball game. But that's the if you're looking at DeAndre Ayton and you're feeling worried in any way, that's why he had fouls. Uh dealing mostly with Giannis, who shot 24 free throws. As I shudder, watching that free throw tank season continue to roll. Whoo, boy. Um, Okay, that's what happened yesterday. Let's pivot into the streaming part of the program. But before I do, it is that mid-show delightful moment where I get to remind all of you guys... To get a fantasy pass. I know you're like, Dan, why the hell am I getting a fantasy pass right now? Why would I do that today of all days? Well, it's because you get both baseball and basketball in the fantasy pass right now. Baseball and basketball in the fantasy pass right now. Baseball, you get the draft guide, including Joe Orico's ranks and a host of really, really cool features right now. The baseball draft guide is stuffed to the brim, and they're still adding stuff. Let me see. How much stuff is in there right now? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 21, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 27 features in the draft guide already, and adding with baseball still two weeks away. So if you're coming up on your fantasy baseball draft, that's the place to get started. We've got dynasty ranks. you got dynasty prospects. you got ranks by position. you got sleepers. you got busts. you got new faces in new places. you got... Player dilemmas, the decision matrix. You got players that are one two year too early. And if that doesn't do it for you, you get the in-season baseball content as well from all of these amazing, amazing baseball analysts. And if that doesn't do it for you, you get premium Discord access. I know we've got a free side open, which is fun. The free side is fun. Uh, but the premium side is where you can ask questions of the pros day and night. And all of this is available in the Fantasy Pass, for just $5.99. Many of you have asked me on the side, Dan, is there anything that we can do? Well, obviously, continue to spread the word, likes, retweets, all that stuff, subscriptions to the YouTube page at sportsethos, or at youtube.com slash sportsethos. But if you want to go one level higher, $5.99 for a Fantasy Pass. You can cancel it after one month if you don't like what you're getting. If you love it, 
keep it. It's the same, it's less than all of the streaming TV services. You know what I would say to do here? Cancel one of your TV services for one month. Get our fantasy pass, and then you can flip it after that month if you want. I know I personally turned off Apple TV back in August when I was like, you know what, I'll turn it back on when Ted Lasso and Newsroom and whatever else they've got going on. They've got a few things on Apple TV I want to watch now. But you know what? Between August and March, uh, what what is that? September, October, November, December, January, February. I may have missed a month in there, but I saved at least six months worth. I can dump that into the Fantasy Pass right now. So do that with me. I know it's a little bit of work, but look, you're supporting Sports Ethos. You're supporting the baseball division. And you can bug me in our premium Discord and the rest of our awesome pros if you've got fantasy basketball questions as well. And I threw the link up for the YouTubers. That's the baseball draft guide landing page, which you can see without a subscription. So you can kind of see everything that's in it right now and what you'd already have access to. Um, If you guys want the link to go get premium, I'm going to try to put it in a few places. Um, For the recorded folks, I'll try to throw it in the, um, the podcast description. So that'll be in the, the, the marketing copy underneath the show. And for those on YouTube, I'm going to throw that up in the chat room right now. That's the buy page if you want to go get a fantasy pass today. Okie dokie. Streaming time. Here we are again. Streaming time. Uh, by the way, Kyrie Irving, as I'm just about to pivot into the streaming time, says that it is not looking good. Quote, not looking good for him to play tonight, which is basically what I said earlier in the show, because they've got a free square on the board. So why rush him in a game they're pretty confident they're going to win without everybody? Because the Spurs accidentally won yesterday. You can bet their butts they don't want to win again today. And then I get these other questions. They're like, well, whatever, like bottom three, they all have the same odds. Yes, that's true. But if they get pushed back, by a lower lottery team bumping up into the top three, the team with the worst record, the worst pick they could have would be four. The team with the second worst record, worst you know spot they could have would be five, and so on and so forth. So there is still some intrinsic value in having the worst record in the NBA. Spurs have 18 wins. Pistons and Rockets each have 16. So San Antonio needs to guarantee that they lose a couple games here coming up. Uh, or they then lose the ability to make a run at, like, fourth as the worst pick that they get. You want fourth over sixth. If you have that option, all you have to do is tank a little bit better? Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about streaming now. Because today is... um, Today's a weird day where... Uh, you've got a a decent-sized card, and you have a lot of options. So if you remember on yesterday's show, I talked about how you could wait through the Charlotte and Knicks games on Tuesday before abandoning ship on Wednesday. So this was a day that if you had Hornets, who, again, you know, I would say you probably need to hang on to Terry Rozier. I think you probably need to hang on to Kelly Oubre. Uh, because he is a usage vacuum right now. Dude had 28 points again yesterday. Uh, and Aaron Rozier, he, like he's, he's in turnover hell at the moment. But to me, those two guys have top 50 or higher potential the rest of the way, and then Charlotte's schedule gets a little bit better after this week. 
Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington, Dennis Smith Jr., you want Nick Richards, all the way down the board. All of those guys, to me, you don't need to hold on for a one-game and five-day stretch. And we just talked about the Knicks earlier in the program. Um, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, to me, are the only Knicks that you absolutely must hold through to next week. Everybody else, in my opinion, is droppable on the head-to-head side. So this was a day where if you had players on those two teams, you should have basically been grading out, I'm going to make moves on Wednesday. I don't know if you have one, if you have two, whatever it happens to be. The nice part is you have a truckload of options of players that go three times the rest of this week. That gives you a two-game roster bounce. Because remember, that's what we're always trying to do in these streaming discussions is get two extra games played per roster move you make. That's how long streaming works. You want plus two. That's what you're hunting on. But that's easy, because as we talked about yesterday, there are literally 15, half of the NBA, 15 teams that play three games between today and Sunday. I do want to take one moment to highlight the Sacramento Kings. Now, I know that they don't have the world's greatest options because Trey Lyles just got suspended. Does that mean that, like, Kessler Edwards is going to get a little bit more playing time? I don't know. But someone like a Malik Monk is a glorious play right now because the Kings actually, not only did it go three times the rest of this week, they go five times the next seven days. That's the optimal schedule zone in the NBA. It doesn't get any better than that. Five times in seven days. They're going to be gassed at the end of it. They got two days off, and then they have another back-to-back after that. Five games in seven nights. uh, That takes your long stream all the way through next Wednesday. It's really nice to be able to not have to worry about a roster slot for a full week and know that you are getting the most number of games played over those seven that you can possibly find. That's beautiful. Unfortunately, they don't have that many streaming options on the Kings now with Lyle suspended, but that's a team where you need to kind of start your hunt. Beyond that, if you want to give yourself a little more uh, flexibility the rest of the week, you could look at the teams that not don't only have three games in five nights, but have three games in four nights, because that would give you the opportunity to make a move on Sunday if you had a roster move left. I personally don't think I will have one on Sunday because enough of my guys are getting hurt this week and enough of my guys had two game weeks that I kind of needed to get out earlier and, you know, I'll probably use my last move on Friday or Saturday. Uh, But if you want to go three games in four nights, you have a bunch of options there. Those teams are, uh, and I I did a tweet on this already if you want to see it written down, Boston, Chicago, Golden State, Memphis, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Sacramento. Six teams go four games in the next six nights. There are a lot, actually, of streaming options on those particular ball clubs. There's a lot of juicy ones. Chicago has guys like Caruso, Patrick Williams, Patrick Beverly. Golden State has guys like Kevon Looney. Jonathan Kaminga's due back tonight. He'll be a streaming option. Houston, uh, I'm still worried that Jay Sean Tate doesn't play in their back-to-back over the weekend, so perhaps their options aren't quite as good there. Uh, Memphis, David Roddy's been playing better lately. Uh, eh, Dylan Brooks got dropped. He would be a head-to-head level stream. Minnesota, not as many there, but if Nas Reed is back, he would be one to look at. Philly, you've got DeAnthony Melton as a possibility there. And then Sacramento, as we mentioned, not much left. But like, if you're looking at Chicago, Golden State, Houston, Memphis, there are a few names on those clubs that would make a lot of sense in a four and six. Uh, if you're going three and four, 
Boston creeps in there as well because um, Al Horford's going to sit in one of those games. So you could look at a big man. Uh, probably not that many other things you're you're doing there as you know if you tack Boston onto that list. Houston is the team that has their back-to-back over the weekend, so uh, they don't go three games in four nights. I apologize for saying their name. They are a four and six. I was flip-flopping how I was reading things. Uh, Boston is a three and four. Houston is not. So fix that. I, I, I was reading the four and six instead of the three and four. But I personally don't think you need to go three and four because you probably have enough roster slots available or moves. You're probably using up enough moves to where... You know, this gives you the half of the NBA. Teams that I didn't list there that you could still play with, Denver, although they actually go 3-4 and four starting tomorrow. Um, Houston, we just talked about. The Lakers still have three games the rest of this week. The Heat have three games. They go today, Saturday, Sunday, in kind of a super weird scheduling twist. Orlando still has three games this week. Spurs, we just talked about. Toronto still has three games this week. So there's a billion teams that's true. It's actually a billion. There are a billion teams you can pick from that still have three games this week uh, if you wanted to make a move in that direction. The only other way that I would do it is if you had somebody lost to injury where they either quote, well, I don't want to say quote it, where they either weren't very good um, or the injury is longer term. So Charles Bassey is an interesting example of that. Someone that we all picked up or some of us picked up for their four and six stretch starting yesterday. He got hurt eight minutes into the ballgame. So he's looking at a zero the rest of the week. So you have to get off of your zeros. And that type of stuff happens every night. You might have another player tonight that goes down that then you're staring down the barrel of a zero the rest of the week. That's why you need to save moves through till Thursday or Friday because these players that have three games, if they get hurt and you're at the risk of losing three games, you need to get off of that. And I know there's this, this built-in desire to use a ton of moves on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, but you leave yourself no flexibility at all. Because, you know, by Friday, it's a little easier to make the argument to use up all of your roster moves. Because then if somebody doesn't play over the weekend, probably you're only losing one game. Maybe you lose a guy that has a weekend back-to-back. You lose two. That sucks. But it's not like having somebody go down on Wednesday, losing three games or something like that, where if you had a roster move left and you could get off of that player, you could move to someone who has three games. Let's say you lose someone. Let's say someone on your team plays like three quarters of a game tonight and then gets hurt. And they still have two games left the rest of this week. You're losing two games if you have to squat on that guy. But in addition, the ability to get off of that dude who had a zero, and get on to someone who still has three games left or even two games left, that's a four or five games played swing. That's why having moves available for guys getting hurt is so important. You can turn a zero into a two or a three, but the swing from the injury, you have to kind of put that in your head as well. Because you had game planned for a certain number of games that are then going away. It's also the easiest way to get a plus two or a plus three in a roster move is to replace someone who was a zero. So I would say, in a worst-case scenario, make sure you still have one roster move left after today. Please don't use them all up on a Wednesday, even though this is a day where you want to get off of a bunch of two-game guys. If you need to use up your last roster move on Thursday, I sort of understand, but I don't like it. 
And then if you need to use it up on Friday or Saturday or Sunday, obviously Sunday, then I give you my blessing on those. And that is your uh, long streaming discussion for today. Folks, on the recorded side, this is where we pivot into the Q&A part of the program. I hope you'll join us on YouTube for a show coming up. For the YouTubers, throw your questions in the chat room, and we will get to those in the next 20 seconds. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. Go get yourself a draft guide as part of a fantasy pass and hang out with me on the NBA premium side as well. I am Dan Bespris at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Please do check me out over there. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Drop a five-star review on the pod. All that stuff that we blitz through at the end of the show. Just do it because, you know, it's the right thing to do. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. So long for now. <laughs>